This episode is brought to you by Rooted for Good. A year ago this March, Rooted for Good sponsored their first ever Abiding Together podcast, and the response was incredible. Since that time, thousands more across the country and globe have started using and loving Rooted's all-natural skincare products, their premium therapeutic great essential oils, as well as their collection of really amazing self-care products, such as luxurious bath soaks and revitalizing sugar scrubs. They love being a part of the growing Abiding Together community and are honored to support such an amazing group of women who are truly striving to put Jesus first in their lives. They believe that the alignment and values is another thing that the abiding community really appreciates about Rooted. For every dollar spent on Rooted's products, 10 cents goes directly to uplifting someone in need in the developing world. Rooted's all-natural products truly are both good for you and good for others. So they wanted to make this Abiding Together episode special. For any of you who purchase this month using the code ABIDE10, they will be gifting you with a surprise essential oil just to say thanks. That's a free premium rooted essential oil with your purchase. So don't wait, go to rootedforgood.com and join many from the Abiding Together community in using and loving Rooted's all-natural lineup. Shop your values and experience for yourself. Why more than 95% of Rooted customers give their Rooted products five stars. They love supporting this great work and they hope to see you soon at rootedforgood.com. And don't forget to use Abide 10 and enjoy 10% off your purchase along with your free essential oil. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, friends, and welcome to season 11 of the Abiding Together podcast. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement in your journey with Jesus Christ. Every week, I'm joined by two of my very dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger, and we talk about all things Christ, about life, about beauty, about sorrow. We laugh, we cry, you'll fit right in. (laughs) So grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast and welcome to week two of Lent. Thank you. Like a little crowd noise. That's nice. You're like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, that we could all say that at some point. We're like, yes. Oh. <laughs> Most people are like, dang it. Week Lent. two. Feels like week 18. <laughs> Isn't it yeah, like right in the middle of you're like, oh, we're not even we're not even close to the middle yet. We're we're still we're still Oh my gosh, we've lived through 2020 and 2021. We can do six weeks of Lent. Come on, people. <laughs> I know. I don't know. It's like been two years of Lent. Oh, uh, <laughs> so we're using the, the book restore to go week by week through our Lenten journey. And this week, last week we talked about the desert. And this week we're going to talk about freedom of heart, which comes under the section of fasting of part two. And so our quote uh, that's going to guide us during this section of fasting. So we'll be doing this for two weeks. The section of fasting lasts for two weeks. And so the guiding quote is from St. John Paul II, uh, which is just really lovely. He says, penitential fasting is obviously something very different from a therapeutic diet, but in its own way, it can be considered therapy for the soul. In fact, practice is a sign of conversion. It helps one in the interior effort of listening to God. And so we think of, yeah, all this just a different kind of relationship we have with fasting. And there's many, and in the book, we talk about a lot of different ways of fasting and just, there's not, it's not just food that is part of it, but also there's many different forms of fasting. And what fasting does is like we said, it prayer heals our relationship with God. Fasting heals our relationships within ourselves, the relationship with ourselves, And then almsgiving, which we'll talk about in a couple of weeks, heals our relationships with others. But the scripture passage that's going to guide us during this time is from the gospel of Mark, really, where it's really St. Peter saying, it is well that we are here. It is good that we are here. So mm-hmm. even though it might be hard, 
it is good. Uh, it is good that we are here. So Michelle, for you, when we talk about fasting and kind of John Paul II's quote of just the helps fasting helps the interior listening of our soul. What are some things that come to your mind that you can offer to our listeners as we dive into this? Yeah, I think more than ever, I really under started to understand, like I've always known, like, and you know, these things theoretically in your head, but I think until you experience them personally and they become tangible, you're like, wow, there is power in fasting. You know, like I began the beginning of this year with a serious fast and, um, yeah, it says, okay, you know, you're not supposed to tell people you're fasting. That's what scripture says, you know, go in your closet, whatever. Well, and I'm announcing it on a podcast, but anyway, that's not why I'm saying it. But, and so, but even I gave up coffee, which I was like, oh my gosh, like small countries are being converted with my desire for coffee right now. But really I realized, do I allow the Lord to satisfy my hunger? Mm -hmm. Do I hunger and thirst for him and really bringing things into the light that really, and where do I dull my hunger and thirst with things that don't matter that are earthly mm -hmm. things? Why don't I find comfort in him? And for me, comfort is a big idol. Like it's probably one of my biggest idols, you know, and not only for myself, I don't want anyone else to be uncomfortable either. I don't want anyone mm -hmm. to hurt or have pain or, you know, almost to the point where like that's played out into a lot, some codependency in my life, you know, because I won't allow people's decisions them to allow their consequence of their own decisions themselves, you know? So for me, it's just really brought a lot of things to the surface, but I, it says, it tells us in scriptures, you know, these spirits can only come out by prayer and fasting. And really that's true. Like I have never seen such an internal shift in my spirit than the power of fasting. You know, the, the Lord responds when we uh, make room for him and just only hunger and thirst for him. He, I mean, he sets a banquet table before us with his presence and he sets a banquet table before us with his, um, mercy. Because I think one of the other things that fasting does is it, it's almost like it burns out the impurities, but it brings them to the surface. And so like for me, when I've been fasting, it's just deep areas of repentance and it's not so much the actual sins, it's postures of the heart. It is lies that I've believed. It is just yeah, we're disordered thinking and he's brought all those to, and but I'm realizing more and more, like even when there's deep repentance, like to the point where you're weeping, there's deep kindness from him. You know, like we say his kindness leads us to repentance because like we said in the first podcast on Lent, it's because he wants so much more for us. And so it's just, yeah, I think Pat, Fasting is a gift. I really see it. And I would never said that before. I've been like, fasting's a pain in the butt. But, you know, um, you know, and why is it that I always want Chick-fil-A and Friday and Lent? It like never fails, never fails. But no, fasting is a gift. So what about you, Heather? Yeah, I agree with all of those things that you said. And you said it so well. And I think fasting also is a tool that can increase, we call it our will muscle in our, in yeah. our family when we're talking to our kids, mm -hmm. you know, like when we have so many disordered loves and desires, which I think at the core of all of those things is, is a desire for something true, good and beautiful, a desire for God himself, really. But yeah, we do have disordered desires. We do have disordered loves, things that our hearts are drawn towards or in ways that are unhealthy and they aren't good for us. And they're not going to, you know, allow us to fill to um, live the, the full life that God has called us to live. And so fasting, it just like strengthens that will muscle, our ability to, to make our yes be yes and our no be no, instead of just being like it being compulsive or falling into addictions where we surrender our freedom. I think it actually 
really helps us to live in freedom when we can say no to something. So the discipline of fasting, whether it be from food or salt or TV or gossip or, you know, like all those ideas, sister, that you have in the book, no matter what they are, they help us to grow that that muscle to say yes or no to things, which is vitally important. It's such a great gift that God has given us. And I find for me, like when I give my word to someone or to something, it's much easier to follow through than if it's just like on my own. And so sometimes that's an, that can be like an important part of like making a commitment to certain things. If you know, within yourself, you're like, I can't, I can't get through this. I'll say, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then I bail on it, you know, within an hour, like what, what is it that can help you practically get to a place where you can hang in there with that commitment? For me, it's, I give my word to someone and then I won't break it, but you might need some accountability. And, and that's why I love that we have some people meeting in groups right now and listening with friends. And, and maybe you need that is just some accountability to try something new in the area of fasting to allow that will muscle to grow and allow you to make choices that are, that are really for the good and the beautiful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What you both are saying, it's so good. And I think nothing is so difficult than say giving up something or surrendering something to the Lord. And then the first time you want it. <laughs> And I think so often we're like, oh, I could live without that. It's not a big deal. I could live without salt. I could live without ketchup. I could live without meat or whatever, whatever it is. Like, I mean, even small things, or I could live without checking my Instagram, whatever that is for you. And that limiting it or getting rid of it altogether, it seems like a small thing. And then you have the first inclination of your heart to go back to that thing. And then you're like, oh, I, yes, I'm giving that up for Lent or I surrender that for Lent. And it's often a battle, like right there in and of itself. And, and it's a suffering it is a suffering and we are in our hearts. We don't, we don't want to suffer. We don't want the uncomfortableness. We don't want what's underneath that. We don't want to, the things that are discomforting, you know, we often, of course, like in a natural way, of course, we're going to try to avoid those things. But like you both are saying very beautifully, it's actually an encounter in those things that reveals the deeper places of our heart. It also reveals the deeper places of why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. And the places maybe where we've been hiding for a long time. In the book, we talk about uh, just the the one of my my spiritual or not my spiritual. My friend who was an exorcist talked about how our wounds, you know, their wounds are not arbitrary. Satan's mm-hmm. like a sniper, and so often in our life where we have yet to journey with the Lord in those places, we're, we're acting like you're saying, Heather, out of compulsion, out of the same responding the same to certain circumstances or responding the same to certain, you know, we go to the same things over and over and over again without even ever asking Lord, like, Lord, why am I doing this? And so even if it's something small in our life, when it becomes a struggle, like that's such like that's such a glorious thing because you're like, oh gosh, I just want mm-hmm. to have chips and salsa right now. Like, what what is that in my heart? Or I want to you know do this instead of this, or I I want to bail on my prayer time, or I want to kind of respond to somebody with a cutting comment. And for Lent this year, I felt the Lord asking me just to be present to that person and just to receive them. You know, just at, mm-hmm. it's such great places you know in our heart that most of the time we, we fear to go and there's really no better time in our lives than the season of Lent to, to let the Lord bring us uh, into those places. I, gosh, you know, like just this morning in my own prayer time, I was praying about that very thing in my life. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why do I keep having the same response? Lord, I'm like, this is such a mystery to me. Please help me. Like wherever I need to go here, whatever pain I need to fill, whatever lie I need to face, whatever blind spot, like I need, I need you to take me here because I've been avoiding this. So please, Let's go through it again. Let's go through it again. Let's go through it again. So it's really a it just, gosh, like you're saying, Michelle, like God is so kind. That is, that is the work of his kindness, mm-hmm. but he loves us so much. 
that he is going to just to gently invite us into these places, never forcing, never sh like shattering us. He doesn't come to destroy us. He doesn't come to push us. He, he invites us in his loveliness and, you know, really ultimately who can resist him? <laughs> Gosh, mm -hmm. resist him. So these are the deep places that the Lent is supposed to bring, bro, supposed to bring to the surface. If we allow that, that's the natural progression of how it happens. Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of us that we think that um, if we fast for something or give up something like, like Heather um, alluded to it in the previous episode on Lent, that God will hold out on us. It, it brings up our trust issues. He really won't comfort me. He really won't satisfy. He really won't nourish me. Like, we, you know, so we think we have to find it and do it for ourselves. Like, let me get this. Let me do this. Let me, you know. And so it really actually shows our orphan spirit because we mm -hmm. don't trust that a father will provide for us and be generous for us. Personally, um, just the way I've reordered my days and um, taking classes and all that, I've also reordered them for just like extended, like prayer, creative time, you know, just different things. And I've been praying with the, one of the ways that I felt like the Lord was asking me to pray in journal is when, you know, it says before I knew you, you know, I formed you in your womb before, you know, and a prophet to the nations in Jeremiah. And so when I was praying, I felt like the Holy Spirit was asking me, what was I thinking? Like the father saying, what was I thinking when I formed you? What would I put in there? Like, like almost mm -hmm. like a recipe, like what are the things that I would put in there? And I was in adoration while I was doing it. And I just started bawling because I realized, and this is during my fast that I was doing, is because I was starting, and I love it, Lisa Bevere says, a diet changes the way you look, a fast changes the way you see, which I think is such a good line mm. because I was thinking I could see how he created me and why he created me. I could see his faithfulness. I could see like, he's like, I gave you this desire of a story. I gave you this desire, you know, like all the different things. This is what makes you, you like nothing is by mistake. It's all intentional. Now some things are disordered and need to be restored and redeemed, but nothing is an accident. Your creation is an accident. His care of us, his satisfying us, his nurturing us, his nourishing us is so intentional and so generous. We just have to lean in and come closer. You know, he's mm -hmm. just waiting there, but he's such a gentleman. I think that's what I realized. What you're saying, sister, he's kind and he's tender. He doesn't force himself. You know, it's always invitational. Heather, what were you mm -hmm. going to say? Yeah, I was just thinking about how often, um, you know, it's easier for for well, it's it's fairly easy for women, I think, in general, to just give up things for the people that we love around us. Like, oh yeah, I'll do that for you. I'll sacrifice my time or what I want. Or yes, you can have the last thing, you know, instead of me. Like we want to put others first, generally speaking, and it can be easier um, for us to do that. But sometimes it's hard in our relationship with God when it comes to fast. We're like, oh, I just don't want to do this. And I think maybe a part of that is like, we forget he's a real person to be loved. He's just, he's just not like a, a slave driver who's like, has all these high expectations of things like hoops that we need to jump through so that we can get the prize at the end of our life. You know, he's a, he's a person to be loved. He's worth sacrificing for. And, 
and he won't be outdone in generosity. Mm-hmm. Like, like we Amen. forget that like our small gifts of, of offerings that we make are met with the magnitude of the creator of the entire universe who is madly in love with us and wants to bless us mm-hmm. and wants to pour life into us. Who's the author of life, not the author of death. Who wants to like restore and heal and, and like give us all of these good things. We, we forget that we're so it's so easy for us to become small minded and to just go, ah, I don't want to do this instead of going, Jesus is a person, a man to be loved. And he has already sacrificed like the most. And what is my response to that beautiful sacrifice of his life for me? So yeah, again, I'm just drawn back to this, like, wow, I can get so off track with my thing. So small minded, And so maybe, you know, this week, just an encouragement, and this is to myself as well, like to just sort of bring that to prayer and say, Lord, like, help me to see you. Will you reveal yourself to me? I want to love you. I want to fall in love with you. And if some of the things we're saying and our listeners are like, I don't even know what you guys are talking about. Like, I don't know Jesus that way. Like, maybe this is an opportunity to just say, Lord, like, I want to know you as a real person in my life. And I want you to become my friend. And I want to become your friend. And what can I do to draw close to you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And isn't all that, that's true freedom of heart. <laughs> that's the true mm-hmm. freedom that this whole journey is about of, of the Lord bringing us back to the truth of, of who he sees us to be. And I think it is, I think it is easy to lose sight of those things and to kind of go on this path of our own or have our certain ways of seeing God or, or yeah, like you're saying, Heather, we get in the middle of, we're like, I don't want to do this. I got And so what's the, yeah, what's the deeper place of I'm, this is for a purpose. It's not an end in of itself, but like, this is for a purpose of, okay, Lord, show me, like, show me what I'm not seeing or show me what I'm thinking about you here. Or yeah, that tender, the tender encounter with the Lord that, that all this, that, ah, that all this stuff brings out, which Oh, it's so good. It hurts so good. (laughs) I feel a song coming on. (laughs) Sister, yeah, I just, yeah, I I love that. Like just what you were saying even earlier, like about, you know, how can I make space like to just ask the question this Lent, Lord, how can I love you better? Mm -hmm. How do you want me to love you this Lent And and to receive that? It does. And I think the Lord is asking us, you know, it says, I love it. It's so beautiful. Like the church in her wisdom, fasting is to heal and restore with ourselves, you know? So to really ask, become a student of ourselves this Lent to, and not with condemnation, but with holy curiosity. We've said that often on the podcast to become a student of with holy curiosity, Lord, how did you form me and make me like where, how do you delight in me? And you know, where is it that that one thing that you can imagine giving up? Like, all right, start there. <laughs> Just start there. There's a reason. <laughs> like, oh, mm-hmm. I can never do that. If you, if it, you know, fill in the blank of whatever that is. Okay, why? What is that about? You know, like, and what is the deeper longing? And approach it, yeah, with such tenderness and kindness about yourself, and not condemnation, and see what the Lord does. But it's so interesting. I thought this was so perfect when we were talking about fasting. Just even building the Restore Lenten study on what we did last year with Claire Dwyer's Elizabeth of the Trinity. You know, this present paradise. Saint Elizabeth the Trinity is so beautiful because her whole mission was really to have the Trinity dwell within her. Like that, that be her, and in this book, sister talks about where God is a refuge and that God is a safe space. Well, I mean, one of the questions that I've really been 
asking myself is where am I not safe for myself and for others? Where does God need to come in and really restore the safety within myself? And that, you know, there's some areas I'm like, gosh, I don't even trust myself with this, you know, because I can't stay consistent in this area and I don't know what to do. And I was like, even started Lebeau, I one of my reactions this week. I'm like, who thinks this? Like, really? Like, who <laughs> thinks this? You know, I'm the mom here. I can't be thinking that, you know, where's the adult in the room? Oh, um, I'm it. Oh, we're in trouble, you know? And mm. so, but I was thinking to myself, like, all right. And I stopped. And I was like, all right, what's the deeper thing here? What is this hitting on, Lord? What are you trying to reveal to me? And I think Lent is like a magnifying glass sometimes. It's like, let us look deeper and let us see why these things are coming up. And um, where does the Holy Spirit want us to dwell even deeper in our souls? Mm-hmm. I was thinking, yeah, that's so true. And I was thinking of just the journey of of Jesus himself into the desert and how the enemy is just relentless looking for access mm-hmm. points. Relentless. And in Christ, there are no points of access. Yep. None. And so the enemy of our souls is relentless looking for points of access in us and looking for places he can implant lies and and disbelief and mistrust and distrust and insecurity and immaturity and all the things where just the enemy comes over and over and over again. And and it's it, it is the it is the little by little. Like, isn't it so humbling? And I <laughs> I was going to confession. I love my confessor. He's so great. He's older, just elderly priest. And I was just confessing just some struggle I was having with somebody in my life. And, and, and he was great. I think he'd finally like had enough of me. And he was like, do you, can you change that person? Like, and he said it very kindly, but it was very honest. He's like, can you change that person? And I was like, no father. He's like, well, it sounds like you're going to have to just offer some areas of love for that person because like, you're going to have to learn how to just love that person. He's like, you can barely change yourself. And I'm like, amen. Like, amen. Father. <laughs> <laughs> amen. Yeah. True stuff. So true. All for all of us. It is the little, it is the little by little. And it's, it's sometimes even in the deepest places of our own poverty where we just go and sit. I, I just go and sit by the foot of the cross all the time. I just go snuggle up and just sit there. I'm like, Lord, I'm just so incredibly poor. And here this is again. And I'm, I just, I don't know what you're doing here, but like, here I am. Mm -hmm. Here I am. Mm -hmm. And it's so humbling, right? For all the ways we have facades or we think we're better than everybody else or we're secretly, it's just like, oh gosh, oh my gosh. You know, Mm -hmm. like, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm so little. Mm-hmm. And those are just all my self-defense mechanisms because I'm terrified of what's underneath. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fasting does expose our poverty within, like our poverty of spirit. And that's really hard to look at. I think that's one of the reasons why I don't like it. You know, it's like I don't want I don't want to like feel this impoverished place that I, I like to cover it up with all these other things, you know, so that I don't feel that, Lord, you know. But it's like he meets us there. That's Jesus, as we see in the scriptures, he's always with the one who's impoverished and lowly and on the outskirts and who's hurting. And I'm like, he draws near to us in a very, very special way there when we're impoverished. Like even just last week, I went into a weekend just feeling like empty. And you know what? It was amazing what God did that weekend. I'm like, it's because you prefer this, Lord. You prefer it when I'm empty and when I have nothing to, to give, like, this is where you shine, like, so brightly in my life. And so, yeah, the idea of fasting uh, can just be 
places where we want to complain, but even that it's like, why, what is that in there that's complaining and miserable and not wanting to let go? Like, and how can we allow God's love to wash over us? It, you know, as that's part of one of the, the little um, places in your book, sister, like his love washes over us. And it's such a beautiful image of like, in my poverty, am I just sitting there complaining about it and like allowing my cravings to overtake this moment where the love of God can wash over me and like to turn that craving to just say, Lord, this craving that I feel for whatever cookies or something like, Oh, could I feel this craving for you, Jesus? Like, can you just turn this into a craving for you and for your kingdom and for your Holy spirit to come into my life and transform me and my community and my place? Like, like, can you just transform these things that are, so frivolous, like cookies and whatever and all that stuff. You know, like Jordan Peterson said something like, uh, this is paraphrasing, but he was something like, if you can't make your bed, like don't even think about going out and making a big difference in the world. And I'm like, yeah, if I, if I can't say no to a cookie, like then what am I doing? Like, what am I, what is the illusion that I am under that I am like some great person out there, like making big impact? Like, yeah, we got to get things straight and, and, that repentant spirit of like, and this has nothing to do with like, I'm a horrible person, you know, and I should feel ashamed of myself. Like, cause that's what the enemy wants to do when we look at our poverty is he just wants to like, just surround us with shame and hatred of self sometimes, but just to allow that poverty of spirit to turn into like St. Therese's idea of littleness, which leads to trust and surrender and intimacy with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think there's something about fasting that that's so good, Heather, because there's something about fasting, the conviction and the craving go together. Like he convicts us, you know, and we can identify these cravings. We can identify our poverty. We can identify, but we don't stay there. We can mm -hmm. identify them, but where we need to go is to his greatness. We mm -hmm. identify and realize who we are in our poverty, but we cast our eyes and get in our gaze of his greatness and that he can do even more than we ever imagined, you know, mm -hmm. and that yes, we will not be completely healed and restored on this side of heaven, but there is still goodness in the land of the living to be had, you know, and we have to stand in that authority. And one of the things I've been talking about in spiritual direction is it says, take authority. He said, Michelle, you have to have open hands to receive it. And he said, he said, take it. You have to, it's an action. It's a verb. You have to move girl, take authority over these areas and really live into these areas and see like, okay, Lord, where do you want to restore? Where do I get stuck? Where are these cravings? And identify, but okay, how are you going to restore it? Like, show me your greatness, Lord. Show Like Moses, show me your glory. I want to see your glory. Yeah. Show me your glory mm -hmm. through these areas, Lord, because you can heal and restore like no other. And mm -hmm. that's who he is. He is healer. He is restorer. And do we believe that he is who he says he is in these areas of our life? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And really what you both are beautifully sharing is this is, is what's supposed to happen when we fast. And mm -hmm. sometimes we think, am I doing it wrong? Like, this is really hard. Am I doing it wrong? Like, no, this is actually how it works. <laughs> this is, we're doing it right, actually, because it's supposed to, because if it's nothing to us, you know, and, and I like, I love that, Heather. I love when Jordan Peterson says that, like, for maybe some of us, just make your bed for 40 days, mm -hmm. like make your bed in the morning. And for some people, like, I can't mm -hmm. even, I mean, can some people in my family some... choose to do that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, seriously. 
<laughs> can I choose who has to make their bed for me? <laughs> people in my family just use one cup. One cup, people. One cup. Oh. We're gonna can I pick everybody's lunch? Seriously, let us do it for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Well, sister, sorry. I mean, we can't do the 10 things, so we can do the one thing. So it's like, shoot, man. Start small. Start small and just do it. Do it. Do it mm-hmm. big and let it reveal whatever it needs to be revealed because that's that's transformative right so and i think we i think we parallel i know i'll speak for myself oftentimes i've thought conviction means condemnation and i'll go straight to shame and i think when i realize and i trust more of the character of god and who he is and like we said a couple times his kindness leads us to repentance his revelation of these areas is beautiful he's bringing revelation and wisdom you know for me to grow it does it's not condemnation for me to hide, it's actually conviction for me to come closer to him. And that is what he is. And I was like, okay, let's take shame out of it. And like you say, often sister, shame grows in secret. So what areas do we need to bring into the light? What areas of our hunger that is disordered do we need to bring in the light? What cravings, as you said, Heather, I love that. Um, do we need to bring into the light? Because shame can't reside, you know, in the light and the truth. You know, it's like a mushroom. It can't do it. It can't grow there. <laughs> I like mushrooms too. But um, anyway. Yeah, so we shall see, friends. We shall see what the Lord does this week for all of us. It's a wonderful adventure. and We will see how he opens our hearts. Yeah. Any last things, friends? We don't want to cut you off. No. No, we're cool. all good. Yeah. That was really good. good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Miss Michelle, would you like to share your one thing for the week? Yes. I have... Well, a couple of one things. I have three. And so, um, first of all, Heather has a book coming out. She wrote a book called Abide. What? I do? Oh. Yes. <laughs> and she's being so humble and simple. And she has a book called Abide with Ave Maria Press. And it will be out It probably when this podcast airs, the beginning of March, Heather? Yeah. Beginning of March. Yep. It beginning can be pre-ordered any time, but beginning of March, it's supposed to be up. Mm-hmm. Beginning of March. You'll probably, by the time this podcast airs, have heard about it a couple of times because we've been sharing it before. So we are really excited about that. And I also, thanks, friend. we're just so proud of her. Also, uh, one of our listeners sent me this beautiful gift and it's called Sunday Beads. And it is this beautiful bracelet with a miraculous metal on it. And can I just tell you, I'm obsessed with them. Like I am obsessed with this bracelet. I wear it all mm. the time and I'm, it looks just, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And so just thank you for sending me this gift and I will link it in my post, but I literally do wear my little set almost every day. It is beautiful. It's called Sunday. Let Beads. me see it. Let me see mm-hmm. it. Ooh, pretty. Oh, that's, oh that's really pretty. Isn't that cute? Yeah. Good so job, cute. Sunday Beads. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's so, really good. Beautiful. Sister, what's yours? This Lent, you're looking for some soups. Like, you're just looking for some good soup recipes. Maybe you want to just offer up and just do soup for your family for the evening. I found a very yummy French onion soup recipe that I would love to share with everybody. I, it was, Ooh. like, quote-unquote cold. Texas one day. And so I'm like, I don't know, like who I was like, today's a good day for French onion soup, like said nobody ever, but I did. And so one of the, my, one of the things I don't like about French onion soup many times in restaurants is it's so salty. And so I wanted to find a recipe that was something that didn't have so much sodium in it, but so I found a really good recipe. So let me just tell you, and you can adjust it however you want. It has much more onions in the recipe than I actually put in mine. So you can feel free to modify that. But, uh, the secret, the secret, the secret is the caramelizing of the onions. So actually in the recipe it calls for like 45 minutes of Woo! onions. 
And I would say, don't, don't minimize that. So I just want to, you were like, oh my gosh, we're cooking the onions for, I keep going back to the recipe. I'm like, I'm still cooking the onion. Is I supposed to be doing this? And so it is about 45 minutes of caramelizing onions, but that is the secret. And you can put some extra herbs in there too. I put some fresh Italian parsley in mine and uh, there's Ooh. many different variations, but if you like a good French onion soup, I think you'll like this one. So I just want to offer that to mm. our listeners. I even have the French onion soup bowls, those little like crock pot bowls. Those are so good. Yeah. I can't wait to make it now. You uptown. You uptown. You uptown. Uptown, What's your one thing, Heather? Um, My one thing is a cover of the song Shall Not Want. I think that's it. The Deliver Me, Oh Lord one. Yeah, that's the one. So I'm going to put it, I can't find the link right now of exactly what it's called. This is so bad that I'm not prepared for this, but you're just going to have to look in the show notes for it. It's a cover of Audrey Assad's I Shall Not Want, and it was just so beautiful that I was like, yeah, this is it. So that's my one thing. So you can, it's a good, it's a good one for Lynn as well. Good job. Good job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, friends, yeah, here we go on the first week of fasting, and let's just see. Let's just see what the Lord brings up, and that's okay. And you might find there are many times you just need to stop and breathe <laughs> and just to ground yourself and to breathe through it, and we just want to invite you to do that because the Lord is with you in every every place in your life. So until next week, we will be abiding together. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one things, transcripts, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints on our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of the content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Abiding Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content to you. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through a website called Patreon, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier for you. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive bonus content every month, such as short videos, recipes, playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information about Patreon at patreon.com forward slash abiding together podcast. Thank you and God bless you.